An unsung quality for a hooper, and any athlete for that matter, is the quality of being known as a gamer. No matter what the situation, no matter what distractions may arise, guys who lock in when it's game time, find a way. A product of Chicago's basketball legacy, Quentin Richardson was just that. A hard-nosed bucket getter who could knock down shots and flat-out ball he made away for himself in the league into what became the modern era as we know it. As a gym rat, Q Rich possessed the makeup where skill is backed up by his Chicago grit. Beyond some time together in New York, Penny connects to Quentin not only via his era, but the basketball city that is Orlando. With a respect for the contributions of different eras, Q has established himself as a voice in the game, calling magic games and with his knucklehead running mate Darius Mile on their podcast, Knuckleheads. His perspective on the game now and where it came from provides food for thought for all hoop fans to respect and appreciate. A gamer through and through. So here he is, Quentin Richardson on Two Cents Podcast. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast for every episode as soon as they drop. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the My Two Cents Podcast. I have a special guest, a very special guest, my man Q Rich. Quentin Richardson, what's up, my guy? Yeah, you know, it's so ironic that, you know, I've actually watched your career from obviously when you were at DePaul. Being a Chicago kid, just talk about, I want to start with that and then we'll talk about DePaul because I watched the whole, almost every game you played, which is crazy, and then played with you in the NBA when you were at DePaul. But talk about being from Chicago and the pressure of being from Chicago and staying home. Man, for me, it was... uh... You know, being from Chicago, you you kind of when you grow up, you 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 built a certain type of way just from you know having to go through everything we had to go through. You 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 built to be tough and and and, and hard. So for me, you know, um, my pops really was the one who taught me that. He instilled in me to you know work ethic and and go get go earn whatever you're trying to get and go after it. So for me, it was it was that was basically what you saw when it got time to be my senior year I had finally climbed you know climbed the ranks I was one of the top guys in the NBA not in the NBA but in high school mm-hmm. made the McDonald's game and all of those things so it came down to Kansas and DePaul was my final two choices and it was like for me my brother had just came home from the Navy and um my, my family was tight-knit so it was like if I go right here to DePaul, I know what it's going to do. I'm, my family going to be at every game, you know, even the road games. They can drive to St. Louis, to Marquette, to Cincinnati, those surrounding yep. cities like that. So I knew that was going to be a big deal. But then it was like, you know, I can remember my sister. She was always like, she she's big on legacy and things like that. And she, she didn't know much about basketball, college, or nothing. But she knew that it would mean more if I stayed at home just because – I'm a homegrown kid, Chicago public school from grade school to high school. You know what I'm saying? That's like that whole thing. And then it was like Bobby and Lance committed first. So then it mm-hmm. was that whole draw. It's like this is taking the Chicagoans back to the days of Terry Cummins and Mark McGuire when all yeah. those city Chicago kids went to DePaul and made it a powerhouse. So it was that whole attraction. And, you know, us, we, we, Chicago kids, we think we can do whatever. So, no like, doubt. <laughs> that came into play. It was like, yeah, let's, like, let's do it. We talking crap. Like, we about to make the final four thinking it's sweet, not knowing that it's not. You know what I'm saying? That was, that was really what went on with that when it came down to it. It was Kansas or DePaul. And it was, and me staying home and, and knowing that it would mean more 
you know, in a, in the grand scheme of things, because you go to Kansas, it's another All American coming through there. At this point, DePaul was down, and we really brought them back into the national spotlight by by doing that. Yeah, no, you guys, man, I watched your games, and Lance lives here now. His daughter's actually at the University of Memphis, so I talk to him about it all the time, man. That team y'all had was crazy, though. And uh, Paul and and Bobby, yourself, and and Lance, it's man, come on. But uh, let's talk about DePaul now. Two years at DePaul, uh, you get in there your first year. You were expecting to make it to the Final Four. Did anything shock you about the conference? Because did you think y'all guys were going to sweep through the conference first? I think the thing that surprised me most that I underestimated, you know, the college was hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, I felt like adjusting to college was harder for me to adjust than, to, than I did have to adjust to the NBA because it was a, it was a different type of game. Like, everybody knows. Like, that's why when you look at college games, you don't see the same type of freedom of, of play like you see in the NBA. So, for me, when I got there, I was playing power forward. You know what I'm saying? So, yep. it was like – you you playing against some of these teams, and you know I was I did I did well rebounding, but it was it was like I'm in here I'm six five and a half six six whatever, but I'm down here with the big boys. Marquette had some big boys. Yeah, Eddie had some big boys. Louisville had some big boys, and it was like, you know, I felt like I felt like the adjustment there, like scoring and everything was easy, but defensively I was I was, I didn't know what to do. I didn't you know so we played zone. I didn't know how to play man defense. So. For me, that was the biggest adjustment getting there because scoring and rebounding was something I did naturally, and it came easy to me. Yeah, and I, I did witness that. And a lot of the freshmen who I have this year, we have some really good freshmen, uh, top players that the offensive side seems to, you know, come to them a little easier than the defensive side because, like you said, some of these guys play zone, some of these guys play man. But you were you were good, great offensively because you were, like, freshman of the year. And uh, I think you were conference player of the year as well, right? And that, that takes a lot because I was conference player of the year in, 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 uh, in our conference two years in a row. Just talk about having that, that jacket on you and, and the, the team depending on you every single night, being in the city that you're from, with the pressure from the hood and everybody else as well. Man, I knew that was coming. I mean, sick, you know, like the whole recruiting process and when it came down to it toward the end, it was like I was the final chip, the final piece to make it complete. And I, I knew, you know, obviously we knew the team's record prior to us getting there. We knew that we were like the cavalry coming in. So that was a big part of me going there too, knowing that we would be, you know, this team wasn't a, a great team previously, but we about to line it up with everybody. You know what I'm saying? We're going to see right. what we need to see. So as long as we do, we supposed to do the scouts going to come. The scouts going to see if we play in Chicago. Everybody come through Chicago. And like you said, we were going against the Marquez, the Cincinnati. We had yep. games against the best team. We played Duke while I was there. We played Kansas home and away. So we were getting the games against the teams we needed to get against. So my whole thing was like, when I get my chance to play against these teams, I'm going to show them. Like, right. it's no different. These are the same dudes I've been seeing on the AAU circuit and this and that. So it was like, I knew I was one of the best freshman guys coming in. That, was, that wasn't, you know, like, I, I, at that point, I came in with that ego, like, yeah, Paint me as the guy I want to be the guy. <laughs> I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've been wanting this, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. you know, like I didn't get it to my senior year. So, yeah, going into my freshman year, call me that because I ain't get it throughout high school like I felt I wanted it. So, I was ready for it when I got to be part. That's what I'm talking about. Now, who were your influences to get you to that point to where, like you said, you weren't, you were overlooked all those years. And then finally, you was like, okay, I'm getting my just due right now. But who were the influences that were with you on the daily or weekly or monthly just saying, hey, man, we know you that guy. 
they're overlooking you, but we're gonna stay the course and keep it going moving forward. Man, I would say I would say my uh my teammates, you know, Cordell Henry, D Gates, Dennis Gates, who are coach now at Cleveland State. Um, my coaches, George Stanton, my AU coach, Larry Butler, my grade school coach, Gary Adams, like, and then, you know, my, my, my family, you know, uh, they all, like, my pops wasn't in the sports. He, he wasn't a sports guy. He became, got into basketball and sports because of me, but like, he didn't ever try and talk to me about like in basketball terms. He talked to me in life terms and just, you know, as far as like, Hey, if this ain't going the way you want it to, to go, then you need to re, 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 uh, retool and change your approach and figure out what things you need to improve on, how you need to go about things to get better. And, you know, my sister, she was she was in education, so she was always a thinker type person. And she knew, she she followed everything that was going on. And she was like, listen, she knew, like, you you didn't get to this point and, and go from where you went to how you got here to just be here. She was like, you know what I'm saying? Like you've got something in you and you got to keep doing what you've been doing to, to, to continue to bring it out. So for me, I always had that, like, you know, my, 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 especially my high school coach, my high school coach, George Stanton didn't play. You know what I'm <laughs> he, he was one of the, like serious. He's one of them coaches where like, when I first got to him, my sophomore year, me and him clashed because I was becoming, you know, who I thought right. I was becoming. And he was like, nah, not up in here. Like, no. <laughs> and so we we butt heads a little bit. But once I set my butt down and listened, like, that was, like, the best thing for me because he caught me at the at a pivotal time where I could have went this way. But him right. being firm and not – like, he benched me one game. Whole crowd cheering, chanting me to go in. He And he came down like, you know how it is, Penny? I'm like, I'm the man. I'm like, he ain't going to do this. He ain't oh. – Sit your ass down. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm sitting down. And I'm like, all right, like, this ain't going to last. You know what I'm saying? We start falling behind and this and that. He's going to put me back in the game. So the crowd started chanting this, that, and the third. But like, so he come walking down. I'm like, all right, now he about to put me in. He came down, kneeled down in front of me. He said, I don't give a damn who say what. He was like, I hope we lose so that your teammates could look at you and say, you cost us this game. He said, you not getting in my game. I was sitting there like, oh, he crazy. <laughs> oh, like, damn, like, it's cold. And, like, that was like, you know, anybody that you and me, we love who You take that away from us, now you got our attention. So, you know what I'm saying? From that point on, like, I, we still had a little stumbling block, but he, that was, that was pretty much the end of me trying to be a butthead with him, period. Yeah, I think that's so important, man, because kids in today's game, I don't know how they would handle that. You, you were supposed to have been transferring the next day. You're supposed to go home and go, I'm transferring. In today's world, that would have been, I'm transferring. Talk about, that's, that to me speaks to the toughness that you had mentally and physically because you could have ran. You stayed. You probably didn't see it at the time, but now you appreciate it, but you stayed. What made you stay and not say, I can transfer? Was it your parents? Was it your family saying, you ain't going nowhere, you're going to stay? Yeah, that's what I knew. I knew my pops. So, so the the year, like my my year before, I had gone to a Catholic school because I thought I was gonna get a chance to play with my cousin Rico Hill, brother Rice. That was that was that wasn't a great experience for me. I didn't I didn't even get an opportunity to try out for varsity. I felt it was unfair. So, like as soon as the first day, that was my first experience with like, oh no, you can't run from like the first day. The coach told me like. His name was Pat Ridge. He said, hey, no, you, you don't even get to try out for, for varsity. It was me, my cousin, Nate Cox, and then a, uh, another talented freshman, Timmy O'Neill, who was supposed to, we was all three supposed to at least get a chance. And we were definitely better than guys on varsity. No doubt about it. We were so good that we we went, we all had to play sophomore, right? 35 and up. Smacked everybody. Ridiculous. <laughs> they wasn't supposed to, like, 
the world domination. But like, so the story, the first day he told me that I couldn't try it, I came home to my pops, I'm out. He's like, you can't, I'm like, I, like, I can't play for this team. Then you got to think about it, Penny, in my mind, like, all of my friends going for varsity. Corey McGetty playing varsity, Cordell playing varsity. DK. I'm sitting here like, nah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's right. like, and, and I know at this school, I'm supposed to, at least, I ain't got to start, I'm supposed to be on the team. I'm supposed to get a chance to try out. He said that. My pops told me, like, I came home. Like I said, my father don't know about none of this. Pops looked me square in my face, say, hey, son, I don't give a damn what you're talking about. He was like, we 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 moved mountains to get you in this school because it was a capital school. You had to pay for it. It wasn't free, all of this stuff, tuition. He said, nah, nah. This ain't how it go. He was like, you need to learn right now that it's going to be times in your life that things ain't going to happen the way you want it, whether it's fair or unfair. And you're going to have to put your head down and weather that storm. Like you, I'm not going to teach you no lesson that you could just, hey, pack up and run this way, and then we're going to fix it for you over here. Nah. And then it wasn't until after that whole season when he got to see and see what, you know, some of the different things that I experienced and went through. And then it took Cordell, Henry, his dad, Judge, he came. Had to sit down with him and he talked to him because like the other problem I probably didn't like that the, the school when the young was way in the city on the west right. side. But that's like I'm from the south side. He like, I don't want you taking public transportation from where it's like you know it's too much to get in between into in between the south side and the west side. So he was right. talking about all these different things. Judge came through, talked to him in the summer, and then he allowed me to. But like, I already knew when I got to a stand. That wasn't nothing. It wasn't nowhere. Yeah. That was not like he like because he didn't want to let me do it the first time. And it took what it took. And I knew it wasn't gonna happen, especially for this reason, like because I'm mad right. coach. No. Yeah, this this today's times, man. I wish that kids would appreciate the realness more of a guy that really cares about you and telling you the truth versus being a yes man for you. Now we're gonna fast forward. You get your two years in at DePaul, you get drafted 18th overall by the Clippers. What's your emotions on that night? Bittersweet. Bittersweet because... Because you felt like you were higher. For sure. And I proved that throughout my career when you look at the class and what went on. But I mean, mm -hmm. you know, that's one of the things I'm old enough to understand the politics of it now. But when yep. you asked what my, what my emotions in that day, in that moment, I was... I was it was funny because I had to keep... Uh, I had to keep on the outside like I was still excited and happy because I saw my pops, I saw my sister and they weren't dealing with it well. Mm. And I'm like, nah. So I had to play it up, play it up. But I was pissed. My agent knew. Now my agent was the one person. He knew. Now he knew and he was seeing me keep it together and keep them together. But like, the one thing that made it sweet at the end when I finally did get drafted is that I went to the Clippers. Yeah, I, I was going with D-Miles. That was my dog. Everybody know. People didn't know as much that I was as tight with Keon. And literally, as I was getting drafted, I'm when I, my name got called, I'm walking up to the stage. You know how you got to do the little walk? As I'm getting yep. to, right till I get to the ramp to walk up the stage, they're announcing the trade where we didn't, where the Magic traded uh, Derek Strong and Corey McGetty to the Clippers. I'm like, I'm like, look, my whole, I, I'm, I'm good. Like three people that I really know, I know Corey since fifth and sixth grade. Right. Like, I, got, I got I got some real friends that I'm about to go up in here with and I'm going to at least go through something with them. I'm not about to go in there and just be like, you know, sometimes you that rookie by yourself and you don't yeah. know why you trying to adjust. It's like I went in knowing that I got three for sure dudes and I'm going to be thick as thieves, but we're going to be hanging out together all the time. I knew that already. So that was like, 
that's what made me cool with it at the end. And I felt like we were going to have a chance to play because they weren't a great team and all of those things. It's time for a break and it's time to talk about winning. Winning at business. When your business is starting its championship run, nothing matters more than finding and hiring the best team. With Indeed, you have the power to build a dynasty by hiring more MVPs faster. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. You find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. With Indeed's Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description. You can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. When we talk about winning, especially the Memphis thing, it's having tunnel vision, staying locked in and staying focused. And the way to stay focused is to stay efficient. Indeed makes it easy to hire great talent. According to Comscore, Indeed is the number one job site worldwide. Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest in 2019. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Now that's efficient. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash penny. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash penny to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. That's Indeed.com slash penny. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's also talk about a magical little elixir called Magic Mind. It is the way to energize and stay locked in for the entire day. It's an amazing little drink that makes you more productive and able to get more stuff done. It's like coffee, but the good kind of coffee without the jitters and crashes. It's sustainable energy. You drink one Magic Mind and you're good to go, all fired up and focused to get stuff done. Athletes are all about rituals and efficiency. And by adding Magic Mind to any morning routine, Productive is unlocked at another level every single day. It's way easier to focus on what you need to do and without procrastination getting in your way. By allowing 12 functional ingredients to do their thing, including matcha, nootropics, and they make you focus with adaptogens that help you fight off stress, it's basically built for entrepreneurs, creators, and athletes alike. And also, we've got a 20% off code to share. That's Penny, the magic code Penny for Magic Mind. To use it, go to magicmind.co slash Penny and enter the code Penny at checkout. The best part is they give you a money-back guarantee. They've been featured in forums and were called Silicon Valley's new morning elixir because of how founder James Bashara became the de facto nootropics guy in Silicon Valley even before starting Magic Mind. If you're a creator, a producer, 
an athlete or a go-getter, the way to get into the creative flow state, you gotta try Magic Mind. You got nothing to lose with their money back guarantee. Any first purchase will be refunded, no questions asked if it doesn't meet your expectations. Don't forget, go to magicmind.co slash penny to use the code penny at checkout. That's magicmind.co to use the code penny. Get going with the magical elixir that will change the game. All right, and let's also talk about prize picks. We've mentioned them before, and if you haven't gotten started with prize picks, now's the time. If you're looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA, then you need to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You gotta love everything that you can get accomplished in one place, and that's with Prize Picks. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from point scores to rebounds and even steals. And Prize Picks allows for mixed sport entries. So if you like what James Harden is doing as Philly, go for him to score on tonight's game or clay is back in golden state take the under under in his production and combine those two picks on the same entry and prize picks doesn't just offer nba they have the upcoming baseball season mma and more all of you users that deposit and use the promo code penny receive a 100 percent instant deposit match up to 100 dollars. that's 100 dollar match when you use the code penny on your first deposit you pick two to five players and an over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry and that's just you versus the projected numbers entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's just that easy to put your knowledge to the test prize picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals use the award-winning app on both the app store and google play don't forget Use that promo code PENNY to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. That's promo code PENNY for a 100% instant deposit match. Check out prizepicks.com. PrizePicks is daily fantasy made easy. Yeah, very talented bunch. You know, we all have our stories. You get to training camp. What was the first eye-open experience that you had with a player where you was like, dang, this is crazy. Uh, what was your first, like, okay, I know I'm in the league now? For me, it was meeting, meeting Dennis Johnson. You know, God God bless his dad. Yeah. God, meeting, God, you know, yeah. Like, everybody didn't start a clip. DJ stole the ball. It was like, you know, yep, yep. Got to DJ, it was like, dog, you know, he, he a legend us. And it was like, that was crazy for me. Like, you know, getting to, getting to know that I'm about to get to know this guy. He's going to be my coach. And being like, I felt like he took a liking to me and D-Miles and us young guys from right off the bat. So it was like, man, we got a legend right here to kind of help us through what we about to go through. Yep. And as far as like on the court, it was, man, it, it was world domination. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> from the beginning. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like when I came in, cause like that was the first time I felt like that I, I earned something that I didn't get. And I, that was like, you know, another instance of politics because I didn't realize at the time that the team was trying to, you know, they were trying to showcase different people to move yep. around and stuff like that. And I'm I'm coming in. I don't know nothing about that. I'm coming in like, look, I just hooped out. I, I proved that I'm the best, if not if not the best, one of the next best shooting guard wing players we got. I defended, I scored, I shot the ball, I did everything. And I was like, I'm not about to play. Like, I didn't play. Like, we started the season. I wasn't getting no minutes. I was, boy, I was going crazy. 
Yeah, so what, what parts of your game when you first got there that you, that you worked on the most? What did you really work on? Did you change anything about your game when you weren't playing earlier? Like, do I need to show them more of this? Or did you just stay the course of who you were? I just, when I, when I wasn't playing, I'm not going to lie, I was an asshole. When I came into every practice trying to rip people's head off. That was how I went about it. Like, when it came to working on my game, the biggest thing I had that, that I felt that I needed to improve on was, was my defense. I felt like I, I needed, because, I, like I said, I never played. You got to think about it. In high school, I played the four. In college, I played the four. And even my sophomore year, when I went back, they said I'm a three, but I played the four. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I shot yep. more threes my second year, but I still, I rebounded too well for them to move me out. So it was like I still ended up playing a four, even though they listed me as a three. So when I got to the NBA, that was an adjustment. I'm no longer a four. I'm guarding and chasing Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, yep. Hamilton. Like, you know, it was like guys that just does not, they, they faster and smaller than me. So now I had to do stuff like be on the treadmill and doing slides with the, on the like trying to improve my, mm-hmm. my lateral quickness and doing different stuff like that. Cause I was not used to sliding my feet and trying to get around screens and doing this and trying to stay attached and chase off. I, I didn't even know terminology. I didn't know none of that. So, like, that was something that Dennis Johnson helped me a great deal with. Just, you know, how to position my body, how to use my hands, how to keep my hands off and do different things. He talked to me constantly about that. Cause, and he was he was instrumental in, in my second year when I actually did start playing. Because you know how it is when you're not playing, then you go to go to playing. I get in the game and get fouls instantly. Because, one, you ain't got no respect. Don't nobody know you. And two, you doing too much because you're too excited. You know what I'm saying? Right. DJ was very instrumental helping me with, with, you know, learning how to play defense in the NBA. So we usually have a vet on the team that we kind of migrate to. Was DJ, as the coach, your vet in a way because he just kind of taught you everything, or did you have a vet? I would say he was that that coach that we looked to. And he, he was just, you know, he played the game, so he was like our OG. But our vet was definitely, you know, Sean Rooks. God bless the dead. Yeah, he big Sean. Yeah, man. God Hey, listen. You talk about a a true OG. He was the he was the one who was like trying to tell us like, hey, this is what this about. Like you know what I'm saying. He was he was for, for real an adult. He had a wife, kids, family, and all of that. But he still took time. I can remember the first day we uh, you know we we rookies. We D nines eighteen. I'm nineteen. And, and we hang out all the time. So we we say, they, uh, Gentry say, yeah, we got an optional practice or whatever. Now, you know where I'm going with this story. <laughs> they say optional, like, oh, word, we like, cool. We ain't going. Me and D-Miles, we, we don't go. We, we at his house sitting there kicking it, playing video games, doing whatever. Rooks called, picked up the phone, like, what's up, OG? You know what's good? He like, where the hell y'all at? I'm like, we at D-Miles' house. He like, you don't know where I am? I'm like, sure. <laughs> like, like, what? He like, I'm standing on the damn practice court. How the hell am I on the practice court when I, when when y'all not here? I was like, and you know, it was kind of like like we had the respect for him, where it's like we ain't gonna buck back. We was kind of like, right. hey, like, I'm like, okay, we messed up. He like, yo, y'all need what? He said, where y'all at? You at your house or D house? Because he knew where we stayed. You know what I'm saying? D stayed right in the marina. I stayed in the valley. When I said we at D house, he said, y'all need to be here in the next 20 minutes. He was like, because <laughs> he knew that it was nowhere from the, you know, from, from right, the right, right. So I was like, that was like the first time. Then when we got there, like, you know what I'm saying? He he let us know, like, listen, you 18, you 19. He like, this ain't optional for you. 
He like y'all ain't he like y'all ain't the best players y'all could be. He like and y'all never will be. He like, but until you at least solidify yourself and you get some years in this league, he was like, this ain't optional for you. And that was like the first time where we came face to face with that, where it was like I say, it was a true somebody we respected and we honored everything he was saying. So when he said it, it never happened again. We wasn't missing no options. Yeah, and that's what it's all about too, man. I think sometimes coaches say optional just to see who's gonna be serious about it. We've all gone through that. It's not, hey, optional just to see. We're not going to make it mandatory. We're going to see who really wants to buy into the culture, who wants to buy into team, who wants to do it together. And in the league, it's hard to find those guys, you know, that are serious enough, especially the young guys, that are serious enough to do it on their own. But I'm, I'm definitely happy that Sean did that for you guys. Now, when you got older in the league, were you that guy for the young guys that came in on the team that you played on? Yes, 100%. Because I was yeah, I, at that point. At that point, I had been stole Ray Allen's get to the gym at three on game uh -huh. day and get my shots. So I would always be done. I'd be done with my workout, sitting there, and I see everybody come in. You know what I'm saying? See who come in at what time, who come in with this, and who come in ain't sharing. I'm talking, I'm talking crap to everybody, you know. I'm like, yo, like wait, what, what what's up? Like what, yeah. what you especially especially if it's a young boy, like when we, you know. Any of them guys that we had that was young when I when I came through, like, you know, we take care of them, hit them with the per diem and stuff. That's how you be able to handle them, so to speak, you know. Like, yeah, for sure. Out for them and so you could talk to them without them taking it personal and stuff like that. But, like, yeah, man, I, I felt like it was it was my job the same way Rooks and, and those guys did for us. And it was like, you know, he was telling us, like, this is this is the way it goes. And y'all supposed to tell the next people if you see them come in. When y'all get in the position, the child, the old, older guys and the, and, the, and the veteran guys, and y'all know better than these guys, he's like, it's y'all job to tell them. Otherwise, they're going to go and and, and, and be, be liable to do the same stuff you do without correction. And where that's going to lead them. Right. Like, for sure. So, young Q coming into today's game, which coming out of DePaul right now, coming into today's game. What is what is Young Q thinking? You go the same game, you're not changing anything, or no, you're like, I'm adapting. In this game, in this game, I'm perfect. No, no doubt. You shoot the cover off that jump. I could play one, I could play the four. I could play, I could play, I could play two, three, or four in this game. Might struggle with some of them faster guards of the two, but like three and four, I'm good. I, I can I can defend, I can rebound, I can stretch the floor and shoot. I'm cool. Yeah, no, I definitely know. I see you doing that. You were shooting it. That year with the Suns was the most unreal year that I've seen. Man, y'all were so hot. I couldn't believe what I was watching, man. It was like everything was perfect. It was crazy. Unfortunately, y'all didn't win a championship or anything, but that team was fun to watch. That year, y'all spread the court, man. Crazy. It Like, literally, literally, Penny, when it started to happen, it was like at one point, you know, you know, you start off early, you Win a few games, you keep, like we were undefeated in the preseason, but you know we ain't even looking at ourselves. That's the preseason. Nobody care. Anybody really playing? We was really trying to play our players and get our chemistry together. So we was looking at it like that, like whatever. Then we get into the regular season, and it just one game after another. Like I like we we look up. It's fourth quarter, seven eight minutes ago. We all on the bench icing up huge i know how big <laughs> that is and it's like you know after the game you know you see some of your peers on the other team with some dudes that started to ask like had like a quarter way through the season dudes started like man what the what was y'all doing in training camp and we looking at each other like we were like i swear 
It wasn't no secret sauce or no formula. The only thing we did, like we all got there like in, in late August, early September, and we played played heavy pickups. So everybody like from Steve to Joe Tricks, that all of us were there. So, you know, we, we started getting to bop and being around each other then and then we started, you know, we would hang out. We played dominoes, barbecue at Trick's house, Joe House, my house. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think that was the biggest thing that we had happen, that we really had a team that that hit it off from the beginning. Hit it off early on and then like we really hung out together. We would go out together, like and when I say go out, you know how it is you get to the city, something like you might have two or three dudes go out. Nah, we would go out to dinner or go out to a club, seven eight deep. Steve Nash with us, you know what I'm saying? Right, that's even more important. Yeah, we get on the court, so all of that translated. It was like, Steve was the engine. It was like, oh, y'all running. Like, it was because we would get a play. Then Tony would be like, he'll drop a play sometimes. He, uh, if you don't get to it, don't worry about it. Just, you know, because like Steve would just heave it up the court, two dribbles, start dunking it. One dribble, one pass, it's a lot of the tricks or something. It was like really happening that way. So he started to draw up and create plays like, hey, if we can run this, this is what we do. He's like, but if we could just run, just run. Like, right, right. That's what a great coach does. So now, retired, you're residing in Orlando. Just talk to us about Orlando as a city. You know, I'm very familiar. Just as a city, what do you, you know about you being there now? For me, when I uh, when I got to Florida, it was that was like the closest thing. First, you know, my first year was in Miami. Then I came here, but it was like this weather all year round. And then you know, it was like it's it's the southern hospitality. The people are, are chill. It's, it's you know, it's kind of recluded from all of the superstar everything. And it's like it's like a, a, a regular town where you know people don't really go crazy about all of that that they see or whatever. It's just chill. It's like real nice people, but the, the weather and everything like that. The, the, my family loved it. So I was like, listen, there's no need for me to go back to, to the cold shy. Like I know, right? Cold. I know the shy is cold from going there all those years in the uh, in the wintertime. So you're around the Orlando Magic, young Orlando Magic team. Tell us what we need to know about the Orlando Magic team now going forward. I think going forward, they're gonna, you know, they 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 have a chance to to really get get themselves in a position where they can where they can really win some games and become something because they got a lot a lot of young talent. You know, they got guys that Markel Fultz just returned, but I think he's a huge uh, huge piece with a lot of upside. Jonathan Isaac still is not even back from his uh, knee injury that he had. He he was like a, a top flight defensive yep. player year contender. I felt before he got injured. And then, obviously, the guys they got playing, I think getting, you know, Cole Anthony last year, they still got uh, Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner this year. And they got the big, big fellow Carter Jr. who's playing well. And then they got they still got Mo Bamba and all of those mm-hmm. young pieces. And then, with, from the looks of it, they're going to get a nice lottery pick this year. So, yep. you know, they got, they got, you know, if they do things the right way and continue to build it out, I think they're going to have a great chance to, you know, to, to have a good situation. Because right now these guys play hard. Coach Mosley is coaching them up. He has the team with an identity. They play hard for him. So, I mean, I think he's in a good position, you know, as long as they continue to build it. Yeah, you've seen a lot of good players. Tell me what you like or what – has anything shocked – I can't say like because you cannot like Jalen Suggs. Everybody likes him. Has he shocked you with anything that he can do that you didn't think he could do? 
I don't want to say shocked, but I, I'll say the thing that that I that that kind of stands out about me is his toughness. I think he has a I think he has a toughness that's necessary, and I think that's mentally and physically. I mean, I've seen him go, you know, sprain his ankle and still stay in the game, and then mm-hmm. start the next game and do things like that and come back pretty, you know, pretty quickly from different injuries and wanting to be out there. I think he has, you know, he has that football background, so I think yep. I know he has a, a physicality toughness to him, and I like that. He has that toughness where he's going to try and play through injuries and come back as quick as possible. But mentally yeah. as well, like, you know, because mentally I think early early in the year he struggled a little bit. And you could see, you know, him, he, he's not used to number one recruit, number one player, all of these different things, All-American. He's not used to not having success. And I think that's why I say he has a mental toughness that you could see him figuring it out and working his way through. And after he had his last, I think it was a thumb or a wrist injury he set out for and I think that was a great couple of weeks that he got a chance to now have to plan a lot. He got a chance to pull back and look at the game and see what was going on. And when he returned from that injury, he 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 can he's been balling ever since. And that's why I say I, I gotta look at it and say he has a mental fortitude about him because he he had the the, the compatible the, the capability to improve on areas that he was was. Do you ever have to talk to young guys? Have they ever has anyone ever come up to you like a Jalen Suggs or anybody in the league that? has won a lot, and they're struggling with the fact of being on a, t- on a team where they've lost 12, 13, 14, 15 games in a row? Not, I wouldn't say Jalen Suggs or any of these current guys right now, but I, I know for a fact when I played, I can remember <laughs> I can remember, <laughs> I can remember for the Knicks, and, and you remember we had Nate yes. coming in, and Nate was like, you know, he was – he was an emotional guy to say the least. That's our little bro. We all know, but yep. but for him, the same way, he had never lost so many games, and he had never, you know, gone through a period where he was up and down as far as like being like, given an opportunity to play. And I can remember, you know, he'd come over my house after every practice, every day, every we we together all the time, and he'd be like. He his thing was we terrible. We like we terrible. <laughs> like how can I not play? Like and then you know he felt like he was the punching bag. So it was it was a lot of that. But like he was like you could see it weighing on him because he because he liked you know he liked to win in video games. Even if yeah. he didn't play, I felt like he would have been in a better place if we just won some. But he was right like, for sure. He was just like <laughs> and then you know the if the guard they might be booing or something. He used to really be like yo. What is? <laughs> yeah, it was not happy times. It was not happy times with the Knicks, man. And that organization deserves to have a great team because of how great the fans are and how knowledgeable they are, but they do. Last question for you. What do you think the state of basketball is now? The way that it's being played right now, it's different from when we played, for sure. Even because, you know, I was there before you and then your era as well. What do you think of the state of, ba- the, the state of basketball is what, what, what's going on with the bigs on the perimeter and all the way that they're playing nowadays? Solution, man. You know, I think I think it's kind of like everything else. Every, you know, different things gonna go in and out of style. And I think if it comes that time, like you're seeing right now, Joel Jokic and, and those two guys are dominant bigs. Like I think if we have bigs that are dominant and can be dominant, they will be used and be that way. Like right now, this generation just isn't that generation. I mean, I. I I think the state of basketball is great. I think, you know what I'm saying, more people than ever are interested. We got billions and millions of people that want to be players and want to be stars. And I think just overall, like, it's the basketball, you know, the landscape is in a place that 
even if you aren't, you know, able to play basketball, but you still love it. You can be a part of it in so many different ways. Like we sitting here right now, and it's like, to me, the players are incredible. I think, you know, yep. you know, they've evolved from even when we played to being able to do so many different things. And I think that it's it's in a great place, man. I think it's gonna continue to get better. I think the skill level is higher than it's ever been. I think, you know, obviously we lacking a little bit on the fundamental side, but like yep. These guys can do things we could have never dreamed of. <laughs> you talking about like that's even for you guys that were like the the, the greats right. the whole time. Like these dudes now is like what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, sure. I feel like the game is in a great place. I mean, as everything, things can be better, things can be improved. But I mean, I think look look at look at think about when you were the man in the league, Penny, and you had the biggest shoe contract and you had right. the next deal. And think about what they getting now. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. sure. The game is in for a sure. good place, baby. <laughs> yeah, no, it's in a great place. I just asked that question because I definitely echo those sentiments that you have. It's in a great place. I'm enjoying watching. I do marvel at a lot of the things that the bigs are doing now, which is crazy, man, and I'm loving every minute of it. But, again, man, I'm honored to have you on. I appreciate your time because I know you didn't have to come on. We would definitely be in touch because we have some business to handle for sure. But appreciate you so much for coming on. Quentin Richardson, everybody. To you that you, you know, you, you steadily raising the bar and setting the example, man. You know how we view this former athletes. I, I tell mm-hmm. you, Jawan, Stack, everybody that's, you know, and I don't want to, I can't name everybody, but everybody that's doing that big pat, you know, that's, that's holding it down and coaching and showing that we are capable and doing it in the, the right way, in an upstanding way and, and representing, man. Y'all, who wouldn't want to come play? Yeah, no, I definitely appreciate that. Get it at the highest level, know what it's about, and, and you know, can show you how to get there. So now I just I just salute y'all guys for, for for you know, you didn't have to go back there and pour into to the kids. You, right. you have a great life, you know, you made a lot of money. So I definitely salute you for, for taking your time and giving your life back to the kids and, and doing it in that way, man. That's huge. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. And with saying that, I appreciate you guys again. My two senses out. 